When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus Stories podcast. This is episode eight. This podcast tells the stories of Jesus in an informal, informative, and interesting way. I'm George Taylor, your storyteller. If you're new to this podcast, I do invite you to go all the way back to the beginning and listen to our previous episodes. We're telling the story of Jesus in chronological order, or as best as can be determined to be chronological order. So what happens before today is important for understanding the events which we will describe in today's Jesus Story episode. These Jesus Stories come to you because you choose to support us, either financially or prayerfully, or both. We appreciate your help. If you've benefited from these episodes, would you pray and consider providing financial support for us? If you would join with us in this effort through a monthly donation of just a small amount, you'll get a chance to hear Jesus Stories Extras. These are special podcasts where I share some more insights about these Jesus Stories events. Check out this option on patreon.com slash Jesus Stories or go to JesusStories.info. Click on the Become a Patron button under the Support This Podcast tab. I invite you also to take our survey under the Talk to Us tab so you can tell us a little more about you. When we left Jesus last time, he was in Samaria, specifically in the village of Sychar. He spent two days teaching in that village, with the result that many there became believers. It all started with one conversation with one woman, a woman that the culture said that Jesus shouldn't be talking with. The people said to that woman, Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. 
It's amazing what can result from one conversation with one person. That's one of the things that we see all through this narrative. Jesus will talk with one who will talk with another and another. And through this method, the word about him spreads throughout the region. Jesus leaves Sychar and goes north into Galilee, and when he arrives there, he is welcomed because the word of what he had done in Jerusalem during Passover, that's about two episodes ago, had spread into this area. This region will be his base of operations for a while. He visits Cana. You remember the village where he had turned the water into wine? That's it. And while there, he meets a government official from Capernaum. The man's son was sick. So when he heard that Jesus was in Galilee, he travels to Cana, some 25 miles, to find him and beg him to heal his dying son. In fact, he begged and begged in his desperate attempt to find a cure for his child. Jesus then says, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Most scholars believe that this remark is made to the Jews surrounding Jesus at this time, not to the government official. By the way, we don't know if the government official was Jewish or not. Jesus' comment was a commentary on what the Jews seemed to be looking for, a physical evidence of Jesus' verbal claims that he is the Son of God. This contrasts with the fact that the Samaritan woman at the well, last week's conversation, by the way, accepted Jesus' words as truth. The official presses Jesus a little harder. Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Jesus tells the official to go back home. This is a command that had to be acted upon without knowing that the following words of Jesus were true or not. Jesus adds, your son will live. John then tells us that the man believed and started home. While traveling home, the official was met by some of his servants with the news that his son was alive and well. When he asked when this happened, he finds that it was at the moment when Jesus told that man his son would live. The official and the entirety of his household believed in Jesus. And meanwhile, Herod has imprisoned John the baptizer. Herod has married his brother's wife and done some other evil things, a lot of other evil things. And John's bold criticism of Herod for these actions lands him in prison. Jesus hears of this action and moves to Capernaum. We've talked about this town before. This will become Jesus' base of operations for a couple of years. Matthew reminds us that this move was a fulfillment of prophecy by Isaiah. Jesus' message was simple and familiar. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's the same one which John the baptizer preached. News of Jesus spreads, one person telling another throughout the region. Jesus teaches in the synagogues and was widely praised. So we have a new term here, synagogue. What is a synagogue? The Jews in the city of Jerusalem gathered at the temple to worship God. If you were in another city, like Capernaum, you would go to the synagogue. This was not the same as the temple where all the Jewish festivals were held. It was a different place for Jewish people to gather for worship. 
synagogues were located all throughout Israel. So we'll read of Jesus teaching in a synagogue in Capernaum and, like in our next action, in Nazareth. So Jesus goes to Nazareth. And if you recall, this is Jesus' hometown. This is where he grew up. He goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath, as is usual for a Jewish person. And he's invited to read from the scriptures. The scroll of the prophecy Isaiah is handed to him. Before we look at what Jesus read, let's talk about Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet whose ministry is recounted in the Old Testament book bearing his name. He lived for some 600 years before Jesus came to earth. His main work was to speak to Israel about God's judgment against religious formalism, idolatry, oppression, immorality, and pride, and also to warn them of the captivity they were about to face. Isaiah will also look forward to the coming of the Messiah, so it is a meaningful book for all generations. So here is what Jesus read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus reads, rolls up the scroll, puts it up, and then sits down. Everyone is watching him. After this reading, he is to preach. So what is he going to say? Before we go there, let's you and me look at this prophecy in the light of Jesus' ministry. When I look at the things this prophecy speaks about Jesus' actions, I call it his mission statement. Let's look at it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We saw this at his baptism. He is to bring good news to the poor. And as we will see, Jesus will hang out with people that many of Jewish society do not want around, certainly not the religious leaders. Last week's conversation with the woman at the well is a great example. He is to proclaim that the captive will be released and that the blind will see. And in his miracles, he does just that. We'll see people freed from the captivity of disease and possession, and we'll encounter the healing of the blind as well. And of course, Jesus will do much more than this, but we will see all of these things occur in Jesus' ministry on earth. This prophecy will be fulfilled. So, what will Jesus say about the scripture? Here's his beginning. Quote, The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. End quote. The rabbis had interpreted this scripture as referring to the Messiah that everyone was expecting. So Jesus is telling his home synagogue that he is the Messiah. Everyone's nodding their head and speaking well of him, and they're asking, how can he be the Messiah? Isn't he the son of Joseph? Jesus continues, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb physician, heal yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth. No prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, 
a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy at the time of the prophet Elisha, but the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. This was not certainly a way to win friends and influence people. After proclaiming his mission statement from Isaiah, Jesus reminds his home folks that no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. I'm not here to perform just for you, he says. Then he cites two instances where God sent his healing through the prophets Elijah and Elisha to people who were not Jewish. In other words, God's work was not even welcomed among his own people. Jesus is saying to his hometown that God's grace and favor was not just for the Jews. Non-Jewish people were also welcomed by God. This infuriated this synagogue. They drove Jesus out of town, taking him to a cliff with the intention of throwing him off. But Jesus walked right through the crowd and went on his way. From Cana, Jesus travels down to the Sea of Galilee. This inland, quote, sea, end quote, is the second lowest lake in the world after the Dead Sea. It's about 13 miles long, it's about 8 miles wide, and at its deepest is 141 feet. There were a number of fishing villages scattered about the Sea of Galilee during the earthly lifetime of Jesus. And this includes the city of Capernaum, the base for Jesus' ministry in Galilee. While there on the shore of the sea, he preaches. Crowds are pressing in to listen to his teaching. Jesus spies a couple of fishing boats on the shore and steps into one, and he asks the boat's owner, Simon, to put out a little way into the water. And from there, he taught the crowd. Now, I've seen a demonstration of this teaching technique. Standing on the shore, a man read in a normal speaking voice from the scriptures. His voice carried naturally up the hill a good hundred yards so that the listener there could hear and understand. If you check the show notes, there's a YouTube link for this demonstration. When Jesus finishes his teaching, he asks Simon to go out into the deep and put down the nets to catch some fish. Well, this is not good fishing technique. You don't fish in the deep in the middle of the day. You fish in the shallows in the middle of the night. And so Simon protests. Master, he says, we worked hard all last night, didn't catch a thing. And as we'll see, Simon's a vocal guy, but he is also responsive to Jesus. He says, but if you say so, I'll let the debts down again. And they do so. And the catch is so big that the nets begin to tear. They call for help from another boat, and soon both boats are filled with fish to the point of sinking. Simon realizes that this is an extraordinary event. He falls to his knees in front of Jesus and says, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. He and his partners, James and John, were in awe of the number of fish they had caught. They recognized a supernatural event when they saw one. And realizing that Jesus created this supernatural event, Simon could only respond with worship. Jesus was indeed from God. Jesus then calls Simon to follow him. From now on, you'll be fishing for people, he says. All three men, Simon, James, John, they leave everything, they follow Jesus. That means they left their business of fishing, their family, their way of life, just to follow Jesus.
And so Simon, James, and John followed Jesus back to Capernaum, which may have been Simon's hometown. And on the Sabbath, Jesus goes to church, to the synagogue, as we talked about before. Jesus is invited to teach and amazes his listeners, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. That's a phrase to remember for later. We'll talk about it then. Then a man cries out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. This man was possessed by an evil spirit, which is probably something we should discuss. We've talked previously about the Holy Spirit, God's presence here on earth. There is also an evil presence as well. The scriptures hint to us of a rebellion in heaven in which Satan, an angel created by God, decided that he wanted to take God's throne. For his rebellion, God threw him and his followers, other angels, out of heaven to a place especially created for them. That place is called hell. Since creation, Satan has been trying to thwart God's plans on earth. That has resulted in the need for God to send Jesus, his son, onto the earth as a man. And while Jesus is here, he encounters Satan and his angels in these possessions of men. So this possessed man cries out to Jesus, What are you trying to do? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus commands the spirit, Be quiet! Come out of the man. And the spirit throws the man down on the ground and then leaves him. This amazes the audience. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. And as you would expect, the news about this spreads throughout Galilee. Well, that's our time for right now. We're going to leave Jesus as he is leaving this synagogue, but we will continue looking at his ministry in Galilee on our next Jesus Story episode. There'll be lots of healings, healings that are controversial, but who doesn't want their fellow man to be healed of a disease? Well, tune in next time to find the answer to that question as we continue to follow Jesus through Galilee. These Jesus stories come to you because of your support for this podcast, your prayer support, your word of mouth and social media sharing support, and your financial support. Thank you for all the ways you spread the word and help to keep this podcast alive. So I'm asking you, my faithful listeners, you who are able to step up to the table, pray for guidance about whether or not you should support this effort to spread the stories of Jesus. Once you understand what you should or can do, go visit JesusStories.info, click on the Support This Podcast tab. You'll find a method that will allow you to make a one-time donation, as well as a method to sign up for a small amount of monthly support. Every dollar will count, and it will go to the effort to keep these stories coming to you. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast player. It's one of the ways that the word is spread to others about these stories. And don't forget to talk about the podcast with your friends, family, your acquaintances. You'll find that this is a really an easy discussion, even with strangers. I've done it. Just try it. You'll find more on the website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Sharing This Podcast tab. We'll see you in two weeks for the next Jesus Stories.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.